Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Good evening, one and all. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada, right on the shores of Lake Erie. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxon radio, exxon at exxon radio tv.com. Once again, that's exxon at exxon radio tv.com. On all social media sites, exxon radio tv. And for the listing of all the shows we have available for you, 24-7-365 on the Exxon uh, Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel listing on Simultv, just go to simultv.com. First of all, before I get to my very special guest of this hour, I would like to take this opportunity of wishing you and all your families a very Happy Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving here in Canada was last month, but you know, we have so many wonderful friends and listeners in the United States and the U.S. territories that without wishing you a happy Thanksgiving just would not make my year complete. And you, the Exxon Nation, for the last 30 years, that's exactly what you've done. January 18, 2020, the 30th anniversary of this show, the Exxon Radio TV show, as well as the very first publication of the X Chronicles newspaper. So thank you very much, Exxon Nation, for helping us grow and get the message out there that fact is stranger than fiction. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Exxon Nation. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show a couple of times. His name is T.D. Barnes, he is an author and entrepreneur. He grew up on a ranch at Dalhart, Texas. He graduated from Mountain View High School in Oklahoma and embarked on a 10-year military career. 
He served as an Army Intelligence Specialist in Korea and then continued his education while in the U.S. Army, attending two and a half years of missile and radar electronics by day and college courses at night. TD deployed with the 1st Combat Hawk Missile Battalion during the Soviet-Iran curtain threat before attending the Artillery Officer Candidate School, where an injury ended his military career. Now, during his extensive professional career, TD was a field engineer at the NASA High Range in Nevada for the X-15, XB-70, lifting bodies and lunar landing vehicles, working on the NERVA project at Jackass Flats, Nevada. He was a member of the Special Projects team at Area 51 for the Central Intelligence Agency. TD later formed a family oil and gas exploration company, drilling and producing oil and gas and mining uranium and gold. Talk about an entrepreneur, my lord. Uh, uh, TD is currently the CEO of Startel Inc., a landowner, and is actively mining a quarry for landscape rock and gold in Nevada. He is the president of Roadrunners International, an association of Area 51 veterans, and is the executive director of the Nevada Aerospace Hall of Fame. Two National Geographic Channel documentaries feature TD, Area 51 to Classified and CIA, Secrets of Area 51. Also, numerous documentaries on the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, the Travel Channel, and others also feature him. The Annie Jacobson book, Area 51 Declassified, him, uh, Declassified, documents his career. T.D. lives in Henderson, Nevada. Joining me now is the entrepreneur of, of all times. So that's all I can say, T.D., is T.D. Barnes. And T.D., welcome back to the Exxon. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. T.D., where do you find all the time, my friend? Man, you're so busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good at um Delegating uh, jobs and stuff, so it makes my job pretty easy. So that's the secret: delegating the different jobs to other people and just over, you know, overlooking everything that everything gets done right. You just find me where I'm needed to be. Ah, if you don't see me, it means you're doing your job right. Ah, <laughs> oh, TD, great having you with us. Now, what we did earlier this afternoon, TD, because we knew you were coming on, we we sent a, a notice to the members of the Exo Nation asking them if they had any questions that they would like to ask you, because every time you're on the show, we get nothing but, you know, listeners from all over the world, thank ask us to thank you the next time you're on the show for coming on the show and helping to remove the veil of secrecy from something that I believe, TD, really isn't secret after all. So here's a couple of the questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, this one is from a gentleman in Nevada. He says, do you still stand by the comments you made about Annie Jacobson that you wrote years ago? Uh, absolutely, yes. We, we Put it this way, we do not exchange Christmas cards. Oh, you don't. Now, would you mind if I sent you a Christmas card? Yeah, it'd be welcome. All right. Um, now, here's another one. This one is from Anchorage, Alaska. What do you think of the claims of Bob Lazar? Are they true or are they false? They're false, completely false. Okay. This one here is from Atlanta, Georgia. If there's such a worldwide UFO cover-up, why does Israel's Mossad not care about this subject? And why aren't they all over the secret UFO Roswell medals or what's known now as arts parts? 
I wasn't aware that Israel was um, involved in that much. No, no. I, the, 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 the question is, um, if there's such a worldwide UFO cover-up, like the UFO community says, you know, Stephen Bassett and oh, oh, okay. uh, the, the TTSA and Doug DeLonge and crew, uh, if there is this cover-up, why, you know, why doesn't the Mossad care about this? Uh, yeah, first of all, uh, I'm not aware of any cover-up. You know, yeah. There's always been um, uh, stories, you know, that there's cover-up on this, the moon landing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and first, uh, I think if there was one, it would be uh, burst wide open, but Israel or the United mm -hmm. States or any, any anyone would bust it right open. You know, I use this analogy. Uh, if the President of the United States cannot have... A sexual encounter of an oral kind in the White House, the most secure building in the entire world, without the world knowing months later, how in the name of heaven are you going to hide a crashed UFO and dead and living aliens? I mean, other than the ones yeah. that come from Mexico. I, I, absolutely. You know, uh, if it really had a crash, that's all the media would be talking about. Sure. And people would be, uh, by the millions, sort of trying to get to the crash site or. Um, Anything like that, you know, you just don't. You got a select few that uh, believe in that, but um, mm -hmm. put it this way: you don't see people standing outside at night looking for UFOs. You know, no, that, that is so true. And you know, you know, TD, I've been doing this show for thirty years. Come next month, and nothing has changed within the UFO community, or the Bigfoot community, or the ghosts, or the Loch Ness monster. Everything hasn't changed except the different people who are getting involved because of their access to the internet. So, mm -hmm. you know, people say, well, Rob, if that is your feeling, why do you keep doing your show? Well, it's very simple. I want to believe. If it's out there, prove it to me. It's that simple. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. You know, keep a broad mind on it. There's sure. No, no reason to shut it out, you know? That's yeah. All right, this one here is from Kingston, Jamaica. All right, this is with reference to Harry Reid. Does it make any sense to you to spend $22 million in taxpayer money to study UFOs, giving it to his friend and donor, when all Reid had to do was ask the CIA or Air Force what the truth was about UFOs? Yeah, that's um, kind of a touchy subject. Um, just push this way, he's not one of my favorite people. So he, you don't exchange Christmas cards with him either? No, I, I think some one liner pockets really nice with with twenty two million dollars. Yeah, I guess so. Um, have you ever talked you know, to? Have, have you ever suppose, asked? I'm sorry. Supposedly that money went to to someone to store um, crashed um, alien vehicles. I see. What crashed alien vehicle? You know? Exactly. Um, I've got about a minute and a half, a minute and a half before we have to take our break, TD. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop here. I've only got one or two questions left uh, that the listeners uh, had sent in. We only took about sure. one, two, three, four, five, six, six out of about four hundred questions. <laughs> so, um, um, what website can I, our listeners find out more about you and the Hall of Fame and everything else? What's the best website uh, uh, for the Hall of Fame? It'd be www. N-V-A-H-O-L, Nevada Aerospace Hall of Fame. That's N-V-H-O-L dot com? N-V-A-H-O-L. N-E-A-H-O-L, I can say. 
area. Okay. And uh, that would be the best one to promote. Okay, TD, please stand by. Thank you so much for uh, sure. coming on the show tonight. And uh, to you and your family, a very happy Thanksgiving from everyone here. Well, thank you very much. Stand by, sir. All right, XO Nation, TD Barnes and I return on the other side of this commercial break. As we continue to investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and all facts and stories in between. Just remember this, explanation. Not everything you read on the internet is true. In my opinion, the internet is the largest septic tank that man has ever created because there's more crap in it than there is anything else. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. This is the XO, and I am Rob McConnell. T.D. Barnes is our very special guest this hour. Before I get back to T.D., I would just like to remind you that what we are doing here at Relmar McConnell Media Company, the parent company of everything we do, is we are paying forward in a very unique way. We are offering to any one of you listening out there around the world who would like a one-time, one-hour radio show your very own to discuss ways of helping humanity, helping the homeless, helping clean up the messes in the oceans, anything that will help people, whether it's spiritual, whether it's an invention, or whether it's just your heart feeling on how you want to make the world feel better, we will give you a one-time one-hour radio show that we are going to be putting on a brand new network that we formed just for this idea called For the People Broadcast Network. There is no cost whatsoever. We will produce your show. We will edit it. We will put it up on all the media platforms. We will put it in our archives. We will make sure that your show gets airplayed at least 30 times in the first month. No catch whatsoever. We will also give you a full-page ad in the X-Chronicles newspaper. No catches, no cost to you whatsoever. This is our way of trying to pay back, pay it forward for all the help and all the people that we've had over, this, over these past 30 years who've helped us to get the message across that we try and do so desperately each and every night here in the X-Zone. Nothing has changed in my heart since I started this airing of this show 30 years ago to make a positive difference in one person's heart each and every night. So from me, my wife, the members of the Relmar McConnell Media Company, and all our affiliates, all our subsidiaries, Thank you. Thank you for helping us to get where we are today so that we can bring the messages, the truth to you, the listeners, with having guests like my guest tonight, T.D. Barnes, 
And TD, always great talking to you. When we were uh, during the commercial break, I, 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 I was chuckling about what you said about you know sending Annie Jacobson a, a Christmas card. How, how different was what you said to her in the book compared to what was actually published? She, she was. I go ahead. Sorry. No, no, sir. She was fairly accurate throughout most of the book. You know, she interviewed the people, and mm -hmm. and um, it was. Um, we thought we were going to have a great book. You know, that would be you might see the Bible on what happened every fifth and one, and then she decided that something would sell better. She added uh, the bit about the aliens and all that kind of stuff, and uh, she just totally uh, threw us under the bus. And the uh, oh god, when she only the last chapter, the rest of it was good. You know, we had no problem sure. with that. But she, but of course, she she made a few million off of it by uh, putting that kind of stuff out there. So, when she was talking to you and the other fine members who served the people uh, at Area Fifty One and other locations, uh, you know, around the world, protecting democracy, freedom, and the American way of life, no one mentioned aliens. No one mentioned ETs. No one mentioned crashed UFOs. Not at all. We, in fact, we, and what what really hurt us, you know, we took her back to CIA and in CIA headquarters and let her tour that, and we mm -hmm. we did a ten ten day, uh, you might say, a legacy tour, where we went to all the agencies in Washington, all the, you know, the DIA, CIA, you name you name it, and she got to tag along, and we we're getting panel discussions. That, you know, we you know, like we're talking tonight. This is something that once the CIA started declassifying this stuff, they they wanted us out. So sure. uh, we we do talks at, at universities and places like that. Mm -hmm. Just just the story out that you know what what really went on uh, at Area 51 while the CIA was there. And anyway, she got to see all of that. We introduced her to um, commanders and you know a lot of uh, top people. And then and all that went well until she got the last chapter when she decided that. Uh, we were uh, modifying uh, handicapped children out there and all that. Kind oh, of Lord. <sighs> and she's still saying that's, that's what really, uh, I listened to her the other day. And she was telling how we, we, we would take handicapped children out there every fifth and one and modify them and put them in, and then put them in a craft and let it crash somewhere and make the Russians or one thing to uh, something that's out of space. Based on, on the extensive knowledge you have as a contractor for the, uh, a former contractor for the CIA, having worked extensively at Area 51 on such great projects as the X-15 and uh, the X-B-70, I believe. Right. What, where did the myth about UFOs ever come from and the, and the myth of... Uh, the crashed uh, craft and the reverse engineering. Where did this come from? I can tell you exactly. You know, CIA is one that formed Area 51, mm -hmm. and everyone that worked out there, including the Air Force, worked for the CIA. And then in 19, they started in 1955. 1979, the CIA turned it over to the Air Force. Up until that point, no one had ever heard of Area 51. There was no UFO stories or anything. Same. The minute the Air Force took over, the word got out there was the Area 51, and then everybody's imagination started running wild. What in the world has the CIA been doing for 20 years that we don't know about? 
and that's where the UFO stuff started. Of course, we couldn't deny it or confirm it. You know, we just had Certainly. to take it, and uh, it's just that's what. But that's what started it. To your knowledge, what do you think happened? Or if you can even talk about it, what do you think happened in 1947 at Roswell, New Mexico? I, I think it was it, uh, probably a, a balloon project, more or less uh, like they've talked about, or, or even some kind of a prototype. We were mm -hmm. uh, back then. Northrop was already uh, experimenting with the, the, the flying wing, and we, you know, it's a possibility that we crashed a, a, a prototype or something there, but. Uh, We've never believed that it was a saucer or anything no. like that. Something that's been uh, very popular these days in the internet, on the internet, is the uh, gun camera footage uh, that was taken mm -hmm. by a craft uh, from the Nimitz, uh, and and uh, you know how this all led up to the the article being written by the New York Times and then Tom DeLonge and uh, to the Stars Academy and, and that crew. I'm sure you've seen the footage. Yeah. Okay, now this is what I believe it is. Okay, and then if you'd like to comment on it, that would be great. I believe that what they photographed was an experimental craft or a top-secret craft that had been under development by the U.S. on a project that was totally high security, highly classified, and it was being tested. And I, I, I believe that the part of the story that is not getting out there is that there were, there, were, there were parts of the U.S. Navy that knew exactly what was going on. That's what I believe it is. The, uh, yeah, I've got a pretty strong theory on, on this myself. Yeah, this is speculation. But, you know, first of all, it came from just one Navy system, uh, a new system that they were trying out. And first of all, I think that the video was probably leaked and it right. embarrassed them. And, um, uh, but it's not, you know, it's not, in 1960, that's where I first got involved with the CIA, is uh, we were getting ready to develop the uh, A-12 out of Area 51, a Mark III plane mm -hmm. to replace the U-2. And we knew that the Soviet Union, the radar, uh, Russia had, uh, had a new radar, the tall, the tall King. And we need to know if it would be able to track the A-12 and shoot it down. And uh, they moved on to um, Cuba. And so Project Palladium, this is declassified. Right. Uh, CIA initiated Project Palladium where we would we had a ghost plane flying, you know, full electronics, beside it at, at Cuba. And they turned on the radar and uh, we, we created a ghost plane or maybe 20 ghost planes. Uh, electronic planes would answer their their radar, but then we'd have a submarine out in the ocean that would release balloons mm -hmm. of different sizes that had had metallic uh, cubes in them, and and we were trying to determine the strength of the radar. You know, how small stuff it can it can it track and right. that sort of thing. And uh, but we, but even in the 1960s, we were spoofing radar, and I think that's exactly what that happened here. Is um, they they were testing this new system they got. Let's see if it will work. And uh, they used some of their spoofing on it, and it, the spoofing worked. Yeah, you know, it was picking up stuff because we we know we electronically create 
ships and create planes all all day long. That's that's no telling what you can do now. We we did that back in 1960. But creating an electronic image that would that would be that would turn up on the radar of the aircraft carrier group as well as on the fighters. How would the electronic image create something that the pilots would actually capture on their gun cameras? Now, just think about that for a sec. We're going to be back after this commercial break. Exonation, my guest this hour, T.D. Barnes, and I will return talking more about the CIA Area 51 and much more. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. T.D. Barnes is my special guest. His website is nvahof.org. Now, uh, in the previous uh, segment, T.D. was talking about the uh, Project Palladium, and uh, Craig was able to dig something up on it. In 1960, when the Soviet Union moved to moved a tall king radar system to Cuba, the CIA began covertly using palladium to trick Russian air defense radars into thinking unidentified aircraft were flying towards them and even into Cuban airspace. As one of the few members of Palladium team, T.D. Barnes served as uh, air defense artillery, ADA, and electronics, electromagnetic countermeasures uh, officer for the classified program. Okay, T.D., uh, I, I can understand the, um, the, the, the sending of electronic signals in order to trick the the radar but how how would they get the footage of what was later called a tic tac okay this yeah this is your question i'm not sure i've got the answer on it either okay. but we know that now we're into swarm technology where the um uh uses forms of um um reflectors and what have you to uh, confuse um, the enemy you know, a whole, um, have a whole fleet of pl- uh, ships or or planes and mm-hmm. stuff so the fact that they're able to lock on to it is confusing you know as they seem to lock on it on it with their radar right however their force or no one else has seen these right that that's that's what that's an excellent point I brought up to a number of people and they can't answer it something else that I that I brought up was with the, with I the, think it's the weak, it's the, I think it's the weakness in their, yeah. uh, in, in that new, it's a new system that they've got. It's right. been, I think, and this is limited just to the Navy's, um, this latest system they got and, uh, and no one else. And, and we've seen this, this is something that we did out, out of Area 51 with all time, uh, testing other, uh, even our own, but, uh, but the enemy and our, mm-hmm. our own, Technology to see if we could spoof it and, and play games with it. So sure. this is something that uh, is standard, and I just think that the Navy uh, has got a problem there on 
this latest system they got, and um, they're going to have to work it out. Yeah, and something else that, that that I am confused by is if this, all right, hypothetically, if this is a real UFO instead of a UAP, unidentified flying object from another planet, the fact that it broke through our planetary defense system, you know, our satellite defense system and everything, would this not have raised alarms right around the world? It should have, absolutely. Yeah, you, so, I mean, we're, we're tracking stuff in space that's, you know, the size of a, a, a five-gallon bucket. We're, we're picking up on radar, mm-hmm. anything in orbit. And um, so... Uh, I don't think anything could come in like that. So, and the fact that none of our systems yeah. picked it up except the Navy on on those particular carriers uh, at that particular time. And so, I think it still is something very localized. Yeah. Uh, uh, something else that people s- say is that if this was a black op, uh, a black op uh, mm-hmm. project, it would have shown up somewhere in a budget. I disagree with them. I, I, I believe, T.D., and correct me if I'm wrong, that if the government wants to hide something and they like doing things compartmentalized so that no one else knows what anybody else is doing, I, I think that it would be very easy for them to, to come up with a black budget for something like this that would not be able to be tracked. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like CA, we always had... A, we. Uh, uh, we did not require vouchers. In other words, you could carry $5 million in a, around in a bucket and hand it out uh, any way you wanted to. You didn't have to account for it. And, I, yeah. and that's what we did, you know, in, in country stuff. And um, But, you know, a, a good example of this is the Aurora. You know, everybody talked about the Aurora right, all yeah. this year. Well, you know, what, what, it ha- what happened there is they did see a proof of concept uh, platform that we were uh, testing out at the area. And someone got to looking on the books and saw where money had been appropriated for a project called Aurora. So, you know, they put two and two together, and that's what they were seeing was the Aurora. Wow. The truth is, the Aurora was nothing but wanting to build a B-2 bomber. They got way, way over budget. So the only way they could finish the B-2 bomber was create another project appropriate funds under. Wow. So they came up with a project called Aurora and through appropriate funds for that they use actually use on the B two bomber. Another example of of how things get taken out of proportion in the UFO community is that you know about Pegasus launches. I know about Pegasus launches. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people, and I'm talking about some of the top people who claim to be experts in the UFO field, have never heard of a Pegasus launch. Yeah, I know it. Exactly. You know, the best example that I give of a Pegasus launch was the launching of the X-15. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and why people cannot understand that, number one, if you're looking at something you don't know what the heck you're looking at, it's just part of a puzzle. I, for one, feel that my need to know what the government is doing in order to protect me, I don't need to know it. I really don't. I don't think that I have the, the, uh, the right to question how my government or any other government that works in conjunction with 
any other government to maintain world peace. We don't need to know. Like you, you know, there's the, the something that you know. We're talking about use stealth, for example. Mm-hmm. Stealth doesn't work necessarily by itself. It, it, there's a lot of other you know background stuff that's going on in um, uh, along with your stealth. And the only uh, F-117 mm-hmm. that ever got shot down is because the system was down that that supports the stealth. And you know we just got a lot of stuff that we deploy on the battlefield if we had to to confuse the enemy and just like what I was talking about on Palladium and um, it, you know just stuff out there we just don't have any idea what it is what did you think about the storming of Area 51 a couple of months ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> Fox News called me on that to eventually start talking about it and wanted me to say why they shouldn't I said well the first thing you know besides you know uh, someone get hurt out there or get captured, I said, it's not going to be trespassed. Mm-hmm. They go in there and say, you know, they, if they're on foot, they might uh, put them in jail, but if they're in a vehicle, they're going to, they're going to blow them away. Right. You know, it's, it, that doesn't work anymore. But I said the biggest thing of it is going to be the lawsuits. I said, you know, all the people coming out there, whoever organized this, whoever approves the permits, anyone who gets hurt is going to sue the dickens out of them, and that's exactly... Yeah. What happened? The lawyers lined up right now. We got lawsuits going like crazy, and uh, I, and uh, and that's what I predicted. I said, you know, this, the people are, they think it's fun and fun and games. But wait till you know they really start doing it. You know, the, the, a lot of liability comes out of something like that. Yeah, it boggles me why people look at a sign that says no trespassing and they still want to go through because they think they know the truth. And they know very little at all. Another hot topic in the news, TD, that I'd like to get your opinion on is uh, Doug DeLong and his gang at uh, the uh, to the to the uh, Stars Academy. Uh, you have to clue me in on that. Okay, what that is, uh, Doug DeLong, uh, the former lead singer of a group called Blink Fifty Two, I believe, uh, is a self-proclaimed UFO expert. And apparently members of the inner sanctum of the government are leaving, have left the government and working with him on exposing the, U, the truth about UFOs that the government and uh, members of a very select few within the uh, Pentagon are, uh, are responsible for, including the leaking of the video footage from the Nemitz uh, Aircraft Carrier Group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, know much about, uh, okay. about that. I, I, I do. There's something going on there, but I, I'm not knowledgeable on that. If at all, what do you think a reason would be for the government to deny the existence of, U, uh, of extraterrestrial craft and extraterrestrials? Why would they, if they were real, deny the deny the fact that they were here? In your opinion, yeah, this I, is just a hypothesis. I, I don't think I don't think they possibly could. You know, that's the government leash, like a sieve. You know, they couldn't keep a secret, <laughs> and uh, and so I don't think there's any, anything there to to, to, to even to de- deny. You know, and uh, yeah. I talked to, in fact, um, 
just this last week, uh, you know, when we had our Hall of Fame thing here, we yes. had a lot of CIA people here, and our guest speaker was uh, Doctor All right. Robard. What, I, what we're going to do? What we're going to do is we're going to take our final break here, TD, because okay, I don't want to. Go. I don't want to interrupt you as you're telling the story. And Exonation uh, TD Barnes is our special guest, a great gentleman who has served his country, in my opinion, above and beyond the call of duty, along with the other people that he worked with at Area 51 and all the other members of the armed forces. If you'd like to find out more about TD, what he's up to these days, visit nvahof.org, and uh, TD and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, where I can honestly report there are no UFOs. We'll be back, don't go away. Nation TD Barnes is our special guest this hour, and if you'd like to find out more about TD, the website is nvahof.org. First of all, TD, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thank you so much for your service. I appreciate it. Um, before we went to the final break, TD, we were talking about a group that got together at the Hall of Fame and... Um, you know, amongst those were members of the CIA, and and I believe you were saying that uh, one of the keynote speakers, or a, key, a speaker, was with the CIA, and that's when we had to go to our commercial break. So, can you can you continue that? Yeah, that was a, our, our guest speaker this year was the Dr. David Robards. He's chief historian for the CIA, and, right? And um, uh, David and I go back a long ways. We we've, we've worked together for the last fifteen years or so, and mm-hmm. we've done presentations all over the country and talk like this. And I, I go back to the agency about it every two or three months and usually take a pilot back with me or a, some engineers or something. And we go back there and, and we, you know, you got an air branch. We go usually visit with the air branch. You just sit, you know, you're in a room and just talk. And first of all, UFO, the subject of UFOs never, ever comes up. I mean, no one, you know, in our, you just never hear it in our groups. And, but we talked about it, you know, the past and and, right. and the future. But that, but that's a subject that just never comes up. And, and I pointed they have asked Dr. Robards different ones of, about the UFO thing, knowing that you know people uh, ask questions about it, and mm-hmm. they said it's just nothing there. You know, yeah. we they don't spend their day you know thinking about UFOs. I I'm sure they have bigger and better fish to fry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's stuff that never comes up in our conversations when we all get together. You know, just like uh, mm-hmm. this last week, we had a, people from the agency. We had uh, people, uh, airmen from um, uh, four different uh, Air Force bases were there. And, you know, just a lot of had Lockheed people, the vice president was there. And no one talked about UFOs. We talked about the planes and stuff. And uh, but it, and, and the future, we, we do a lot of talk about the future. But, but nothing there about the UFOs. You know, 
Having heard you say that, I, I now have a better understanding why you and the other members who were part of Annie Jacobson's book were so upset with her when she kind of threw you all under the bus with her ch- final chapter on ETs and what was going on with the alien connection at Area 51. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was there when the, uh, Nightline was interrogating her about that. And mm-hmm. and she said, well, I had had a source that told me the story. And they questioned, you had one source, yeah? She, they said, well, don't you think you should have got at least one or two more opinions? And she said, no, um, I'm a reporter. You know, all of a sudden she was an author. She, she became a reporter. She said, this guy told me that, so I'm going to use it. And uh, just simple as that, just because he said it. Well, I knew the guy that told her the, the story, and she kept bugging him, give me something juicy, give me something juicy. And to get her off his back one day, he, he just told her, you know, just a yarn, you might say. Right. And she knew it wasn't true. But because he said it, she said, I can use it in my book. And that's exactly what she told Nightline. She said, he said it, so I'm going to use it. And that's what she did. But a reporter usually uses more than one source to, to vet a story. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, 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 you know, we just felt betrayed by her because, you know, it's, to, because, you know what she's saying that is that we did that. You know, we modified kids and, and handicapped people, our, our, um, everybody, you know, out the area. And she's still yeah. saying it's even gotten worse when you listen to some of her interviews that she does now. She talks about it. She goes into detail, you know, how we enlarge her eyes and reshape their heads. And, I mean, she, she's lost it. It certainly does sound like that, uh, Didi. I, I would imagine that getting together with your, your, your fellow CIA operatives and contractors, that the future must look amazing. It does, you know, and particularly with with, um, uh, with you know Lockheed. I right. mean, I, I would love to know what all they're working on now. So they got they got to be so far advanced, uh, you know, all the aerospace. Uh, of what we did, you know, to think of what we did, you know, mm-hmm. 50 years ago, and that was before computers, you know, with, with uh, uh, slide rules. So wow. They, they've got to be so advanced that we, we can't imagine it. I, I, I still cannot believe, well, I believe it, but I have a hard time fathoming how the moon landing took place with the knowledge and the experience and, and the computer systems that they had back then apparently the computer the onboard computer of the on the command module was no bigger than uh uh today it was less powerful than today's home computers yeah oh yeah much and just like stuff we used on the x-15 and um putting guys into outer space we were using the world war ii vintage uh, radar and that's exactly identical to what the russians had that were tracking our U-2 planes. And um, it amazes me what we were able to do with so little back then compared to now. How do you deal when there are people who, to this very day, believe that America did not land on the moon, that it was all part of a hoax? Uh, that is so far out. If they only only knew um, what, what all we went through. It's like with age 15. We weren't testing age 15. Mm-hmm. We, it was nothing but a workhorse. 
who tests things that we were going to use in Apollo. Just about everything that went to the moon, we flew it first in the X-15. Your hydraulic systems, your uh, just about any component that you're going to use on the Apollo, uh, it was tested with the X-15. And sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. And that's what made the program so interesting for me because it was a... You know, almost every flight was a, a nail biter. You know, if you're going to work or, or not. You know, that sort of thing. It must have given you an unimaginable feeling of pride, and and part uh, being part of that great accomplishment that put the, our very first astronauts onto the lunar surface, knowing that you, T. D. Barnes, was part of that. Yeah, I, I, when I. Uh, when we're getting ready to do the MIG programs out of the area, you know, we exploit the Soviet MIGs. Well, I went to, back to uh, Dayton, Wright Patterson Air Force Base, to the Flight Dynamics Laboratory, and we were building the black boxes and stuff we were going to use to um, evacuate, uh, evaluate the MIGs. Mm-hmm. And the Apollo 1 space capsule was in the same building that I was in, and they were putting it through integrity tests. You know, they had it in a shaker. They shake it day and night, you know, vibrations. And then they had a big old oven. They'd put it in, and they changed the temperatures uh, abruptly, you know, go up to, you know, very high uh, temperatures. And just to see what all went into that program before they, uh, we actually put the man on the moon, you know. And then we were doing the lunar landers uh, here in Nevada and, you know, down at um, Edwards Air Force Base. And, um, you know, the thing's real. You know, we yeah. we, we did it. <laughs> and I, I, I can't see how anyone could believe that we did not. You know, I've, I've gone over interviews that other people have had with you. I've read the manuscripts. I've read everything I could about you, T.D. And, and, this, uh, and this is a question that I feel compelled to ask you. Based on everything T.D. Barnes has done over the years, what is, in your opinion, the highlight of your professional career? I, I think it was on the X-15 program. Uh, what we were doing on it was, quite frankly, uh, a special project at Area 51 was very, very boring actually coming off of the uh, <laughs> NASA high range. I'll give you an example. You know, back then, we didn't have near all the projects you got going now. Yeah. We were doing... Uh, CIA was very involved in stealth uh, technology. And um, we put a prototype on the pole out there, the pylon, and look at it and then, and you know, do a printout of what the, the signatures, the radars saw. And then the whoever was doing it would take it back and we not, may not see them again for two or three months. And we're sitting out there waiting on them to come back. You know, there just really wasn't a lot going on. Whereas on the S-15 program, we had a flyer almost every day of something or other, either the lifting bodies of the, the, the airspace 70 or even the uh, stuff out at the Air, Area 51. Uh, we were privileged there at the treasure station I was on. It was part of what we called the Seven Sisters, and it was, was actually involved in what was going on out at Area 51. Fascinating life, fascinating stories. Um, let our listeners know a little bit uh, about uh, quickly about the uh, Nevada Hall of Fame, Aerial uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, we started, it, we had our 10th our tenth, tenth annual um, event just mm-hmm. this, this last week, and we were part of, actually part of the uh, Nellis Air Force Base Air Show. We had a booth out on the uh, flight night at, at Nellis, and then we um, 
uh, we our theme this year was the U two. We inducted uh, Jerry Powers. Uh, oh yes, yeah. You know, and then uh, we inducted uh, two CIA U two pilots. And one, uh, then Tony Bravacher, who was Air Force, we trained him at the area. And then we uh, uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame the, the fourteen that got killed in a C fifty four crash on Mount Charleston here in Nevada on the way to Area 51 for the U-2 program. All right, I hate to do this to you, my friend. Uh, I'd love to have you back on in the near future before Christmas if you can fit it into your busy schedule so we can continue this this dialogue, getting the truth out there. Uh, T.D. Barnes, thank you ever so much for being with us. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you. And once again, thank you for everything you've done, T.D. It's my pleasure, and I wish all your listeners a happy holidays. Take care of yourself, my friend. And Exonation, please visit www.nvahof.org. My guest this hour has been T.D. Barnes. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Don't go away. <laughs> 